Hello and welcome to BYU After Me Too. I'm Angela. Today we're going to hear from a survivor we'll call Kylie. She's a BYU alumna and now a graduate student. Kylie has had two very formative experiences with sexual assault. One happened when she was a young teenager and the other happened when she was a freshman at BYU. I've given trigger warnings for other episodes, but this is the most graphic description of sexual violence I have, so please take that into consideration before you listen. I do feel like the story is very important to share because these things are happening. Violent rape and sexual assault is happening on BYU campus. After she shares her story, she'll also spend some time talking about consent and how these experiences have affected her dating relationships. Here's Kylie. I started at BYU, lived in the dorms, and my roommate, um, she and I lived together for the first semester, and then she went on a mission the second semester, mm-hmm. and no one moved back in, so it was just me in the dorms. Um, and the girl next door, she had a boyfriend, and he was a part of her friend group. Like, he was in our ward, and he was a part of our friend group. And we were a pretty established friend group. There were, like, eight of us that always hung out. We were always together. We were probably really annoying to everybody else. <laughs> we were always together. Um, yeah, so, like I said, I was... I lived in the dorms by myself for my second semester. Um, but this roommate actually moved out right before finals week. Okay. Because something with like her mission call the day she was leaving. Yeah, she I just remember. wanted to be home early. To she get wanted ready. to be home early, so she yeah. left before finals week. Like took all of her finals early, left. So I was. I like remember the day. It was December thirteenth, and I had just come home from taking a final, and I hadn't done very well. I was super bummed. I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go to the shower. I'm going to get ready for bed. I'm going to put my moisturizer on. I'm going to take my contacts out. I'm going to have a good night's sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to get these finals done. I'm super optimistic about it, like every cute freshman. <laughs> um, and my... My door was unlocked because we, you know, the trick where you put the sticky note in front of it. Mm-mm. You don't know that trick? I don't. So, on the on the door, there's the part that gets locked, like, that's inside the door. Uh-huh. That has to, like, click into the little oh, hole. Oh, so you mean... So, if so you, you put, put a put sticky it, oh, note I over see. the hole, then it doesn't click. Yeah. Right? So, then your door can be left... Like, you don't have to always mm-hmm. have your keys with you. Yeah. And um, since you had that big friend group, you were probably going back we were and forth. always going yeah. back and forth in each other's rooms. So, it's probably, like, 10 o'clock at night on December 13th. And I hear the girl who lives uh, next door, um, I hear her get dropped off by her boyfriend. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, he probably took her out as, like, a little pre-finals, like, dessert or whatever. Uh-huh. Sweet. Um, and boys weren't allowed in the hall because it wasn't visiting our time. So he, I heard him, I heard him drop her off. She came into the room, into the room next door, and her door locked. And I was getting ready to go into the shower. And I didn't realize that my door was unlocked. And next thing I know, 
this guy, he's in my room, and at first I was kind of like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, what are you doing here? It's not visiting hours. Like, you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be in the girls' dorms. Um, and, like, this is where things start to get really fuzzy, and the the timeline is off, like, minute by minute is is off, because I brain has not remembered some of those things yeah and thank you brain right and that's kind of how trauma can work yeah yeah so it's pretty patchy from here um what I do remember is him making casual small talk which I found really odd obviously because he wasn't supposed to be there yeah um and then I was like okay cool like I'm gonna go get in the shower like trying to end the conversation and he like just kept going and kept talking and I was like this is super bizarre I feel really uncomfortable there's no one else in this room like and I remember thinking can any one of my other girlfriends living in this hall just walk in right now walk Mm -hmm. in right now how about now I was like really hoping for someone to just come in because I was feeling uneasy but I didn't really know why I was just kind of uncomfortable and I'd never been uncomfortable around him before so I was really it's very off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he grabbed me by the neck and he pushed me onto my bed. And the back of my head hit one of the posts of the bed frame. Um, and I heard a crack and then I knew I was bleeding. So, yeah. So my head hit one of the bed posts at the foot of the bed. So I was backwards on the bed. And he had, a, he had one hand around my neck, and one hand was fiddling with his belt, and then it almost felt like he had, like, he was an octopus, and he had eight hands, because they were all over, and I could not keep track. Um, but for the most part, one hand was always on my throat the entire episode. Um... So he got his belt undone, got his pants down, and then he yanked my, I think I was wearing sweats. Anyway, he yanked my clothing off, um, and then he shoved my head against, like, the cinder block wall, and then, um, it was in such a position that I couldn't turn my head. So I was stuck with my head turned to the left looking at my desk in the dorms um and this is where things start to get really fuzzy but he proceeded to rape me still choking me this now with two hands and with every with every insertion with every like thrust my head was hitting the the cinder block wall and I could just feel it bleeding like a lot I could feel a lot of blood and my vision started to go in and out and I was stuck looking at my desk and my books were in a particular order it was my biology book then my chemistry book then Jane Eyre then Pride and Prejudice then my anthropology book then my math notebook then my American Studies textbook then Emma, 
then the color purple, then the secret life of bees, then there was my snow globe of New York, there was the letter F that my dad gave me when I was nine, there was um, my turquoise ring right next to it, my cell phone was right there, this is all on one shelf, and I can remember that perfectly. Um, and below it was um, a piece of art that I had made and my laptop computer and my jar of pens and pencils. And I couldn't look away and I couldn't close my eyes. And every time he thrust it into me, my head hit the wall and I could feel underneath me, everything was wet. And I could feel that my vagina was tearing and it was super painful and I went unconscious and when I woke up he was gone I don't know how long I was unconscious for Mm -hmm. Um, but when I woke up he was gone and I sat up and I felt the back of my head um, and it was swollen and bleeding and there was probably a small incision maybe three quarters of an inch Mm -hmm. long Um, And I sat up and my bed sheets were covered in blood. And I tried to look at my vagina in between my legs. And everything was torn. Um, And my hips were bruised. My neck was bruised. I had bite marks on my collarbones and on my breasts. And... I had bite marks on the inside of my knees and my thighs. And the first thing that I did was take all my books down and put them underneath my bed. And the second thing I did was strip the bed. And I took everything, all of my bedding, um, I took everything into the shower with me. And I just sat on the shower floor and let the hot water run for about an hour and a half as I tried to scrub all the blood out of my sheets and my comforter and my duvet cover and my pillow and my hair and my legs and my stomach and I just tried to get all the blood out and I lost consciousness in the shower and I only know that because I woke up and the one of the girls who lived next to me in the dorm next to me was trying to get me out of the shower and she was slapping me to wake me up um and then she asked me what had happened and I couldn't say anything and I didn't want to say anything was this the girl who was dating him no okay just just another girlfriend Uh in the hall and and then I slept for the rest of the semester I slept on the floor of a neighbor So the rest of the semester being like two weeks. Mm -hmm. I slept on the floor of a neighbor. And then I shut down. My second semester was super difficult. Um, I isolated myself from everybody. I didn't know who I could talk to. If I could talk to anybody. This guy was still a part of our friend group. He acted like nothing happened. He still dated my friend. Um, he eventually went on a mission, served a full-time mission, um, 
then he came home from his mission. He inserted himself again into my life. Nothing ever happened again. But my family loved him. And he had Thanksgiving with us one year. He spent Christmas with us that same year, right after his mission. Wait, so how did how did this happen? Like, he just started he messaging just, you and wanted to be your friend? He just came back. Yeah. He just came back from his mission, and he came back into my life. Um, he messaged me. He wanted to be my friend. Um, we never talked about it, mm-hmm. he and I. Um, eventually, I just forgot. But, like, he became a part of my family. Like, my nieces knew him and would call him uncle. Wow. Um, my brother was like, is he going to marry you? I was like, I don't know. Eventually, like, I forgot about it. it just, he just became such a fixture in my life that I forgot about the abuse that occurred. Hmm. Um, and then he met a girl, and they got engaged. They got married and sealed in the temple. And they have a son. And... And here I am, trying to heal from it six years later. And this this story, I have a lot more um, painful feelings towards. The first abuser, I, I no longer have ill feelings towards him. He's been forgiven. Um, but the second abuser, I think it's going to take me the rest of my life. Yeah. That's that's that. He's still a BYU student. His wife is a BYU student. And do you know his wife? I do not. Mm-mm. Met her once. Um, met her once, actually. He invited me to attend a temple session with the two of them right before they got engaged. And I went. And that's the only time I had met her. Hmm. But I hope he doesn't hurt her like he hurt me. I hope that baby wasn't born as an effective rape. Yeah. I hope that child has a loving father mm-hmm. and a loving mother. I hope the mother is not abused. I thought about writing her a letter when I found out they were engaged. Um, but I decided it's not my place to ruin someone's life like that leave that up to God yeah God will not be mocked so I I firmly believe that the wrath of judgment will be upon this man both of these men so and I hope that if he has reconciled what he did which he hasn't because part of being forgiven is asking for forgiveness from those who you've hurt yeah um I hope at least that he's actually you know what who am I trying to kid I hate him I hate him I hate him how can I not yeah how can I not every day I wake up with the burden of knowing that I'm a fragmented human being because of his actions I don't have full autonomy over my own body because of what he did. And that sucks. 
But whenever I'm feeling like I'm damaged goods, no one's going to want me. Um, or people can see rape victim written across my forehead or, um, is that a fear you have that people can tell just by looking at you? Yeah. Like pretty crippling. Hmm. I don't, cause that's not who I am. Um, it's not even really a part of who I am, but I am really scared about men, especially because I'm not scared of men. Um, I do want to get married. I do want to date. I do still want to be intimate with someone. I want to kiss someone. I want to hold someone's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I want to have sex with someone. It's going to take me a super long time to get there. But I do want that. Yeah. That vulnerability and that emotional closeness that comes with physical intimacy is something that I really desire. And I don't think that's a bad desire. Um but I feel like men especially can see written across my forehead that I'm damaged goods, that I've, that my virginity has been taken away from me. And I think obviously virginity is a social construct that I don't value, but in the church, it's highly valued. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have premarital sex are considered sexual deviants. And the consequences for that are... Not unjust. Um, but severe. But severe, yeah. Maybe at times unnecessarily severe. Right? Mm-hmm. We have bodies for a reason. We're allowed to make choices with those bodies. Um, it's just when those choices that we make with our bodies are affecting the choices that someone else can make with their body. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets problematic. Yeah. So, with, like, romantic partners that you've had since your freshman year, how have these two experiences affected Well, I'm terrified. Yeah. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Um, I don't want to talk about it with them. I know eventually I'll have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't anticipate that conversation happening until after there's some bling on my finger. (laughs) Um, Just so that he can't get away. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So it's not something you've shared with with boys you've dated? No. No. Um, Yeah, I'm too scared. It's really scary. I'm too scared that they'll just ditch and say, oh... You've had sex before? Adios! Even though being raped is not having sex, sex is consensual. Yeah. It should be consensual. Mm -hmm. Both parties, or more if you're into that, should be well aware of what is going on, with whom it is going on, how it's going to go on. Mm -hmm. People should be on the same page when it comes to physical intimacy. Yeah. But I'm too scared to open that page and start talking about it. Mm-hmm. So. And that's okay. And kissing is hard, too. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm kissing or being kissed, I have flashbacks. And I freeze. I, I don't have fight or flight. I have freeze. There's always that third option. Mm-hmm. I freeze up. And I stop kissing. And then they're always like, you okay? And I'm like, no, we need to stop. And they're like, okay. For the most part, they're pretty respectful. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I'm really freaked out. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I don't know what to do. If I ever get married, how am I going to work this out? I don't know. Yeah. If I make my if I make it clear to myself what my boundaries are, then it's going to be clear to other people what my boundaries are. Yeah. So, if I pre-establish boundaries in my head whenever someone expresses romantic interest. Mm-hmm. Which, I will also state, has been few and far between. <laughs> um, but that is either here nor there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to make it clear to myself how far... No, not how far. Just what will occur. Right. In terms of physical intimacy. Right, yeah. So that way, they're not shocked mm-hmm. when I pull back. Because it's already been established that I will pull back. Mm-hmm. Or I will stop. Or I will let go of their hand. Or I will kind of isolate myself on the other end of the couch. Or whatever. Whatever it may be. I will honor those boundaries that I've already set. Mm-hmm. And what role do you think consent plays in dating? Like, not just for you, but in general? think that consent is huge um I think that you should ask a woman or I I think you should ask a partner let's say that Mm -hmm. if you want to hold their hand like hey so-and-so is it okay if I hold your hand right now I would really like that closeness or I would really like to hug you may I hug you like I really value that when Mm -hmm. even when I'm not in a romantic relationship when someone says I would really like to hug you. Is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that is very respectful. Thanks for asking. Yes, you may. Or, you know what? Nah, not feeling it. Thanks for asking, though. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important. Not even necessarily with, like, kissing. I mean, some people make fun of guys who ask a girl, hey, can I kiss you? Mm -hmm. Like, dude, just go for it. You know, just kiss her. Yeah. You're never gonna go wrong if you just ask right yeah because if that person says no well then now you know that now is not the time to step into that intimate space with them mm-hmm. maybe in three days it will be the time you can ask again hey can i kiss you and that person will be like yeah okay now i'm feeling up for it you know you're never gonna go wrong with being respectful and i think yeah. that's what consent is is respect mm-hmm. you can't have a functioning relationship between two people without mutual respect Thanks for listening. Next time, we'll hear from Naomi Mortensen, who is the founder of the BYU Club Students Standing Against Sexual Assault. Special thanks to Abner Apsley for the music. This is BYU After Me Too. I'm Angela.